Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down and take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Pastor. Hey. How are you, man? I'm good. Hey, before we get started, I just want to say, a few weeks ago, um, James talked about a place to go and eat on a Sunday morning, a little place called Fish and Chick. I knew where he was talking about. I knew it was in Super One parking lot where their old gas pumps used to be. Um, when he said it, I was like, I don't think that place is good. I just don't think it is. Well, we ate there today, and uh, I was very surprised. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> it was really good. Their fish is fantastic. Yeah, their fish is good. Yeah, it's got a good flavor. So, Pastor, how have you been on this, good. this cold December day? It is a cold day. I think I hate – I like – because usually I like to get up and like run or something, but like this morning I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. It was 27 yeah. early this morning. I mean, maybe I should have, but I, I don't like, know. That would have been cold. I was like, nope, nope, I'm not doing that. Anything you're looking forward to? Anything in your life that's coming up this month maybe that you're excited about? Piper's birthday? Heck yeah, man. <laughs> and Christmas? Heck, <laughs> well, I was thinking both and. Hmm. But how old is Piper going to be now? She'll be five. Five years old. Five, a whole hand. Man, is that what she's saying? Yep. That's awesome. That's what an adorable child she is. Man, thankful y'all are y'all are here. Thankful that, that, that she can be here with you and your family. For sure. <laughs> Man, jumping into some questions from this week. Um, at first glance, I think when we read this, you even say that Sunday it's kind of like, uh, What? Fasting, new what? What what's happening here? Why is this a passage that we can just kind of look at and just skim over? Mm, I mean, because I, I, that was kind of my my um, my first reading over it. I was like, ooh, I don't know where I'm going with this thing. Um, you know, because I was like, well, I'm gonna need to sit on it, pray about it, kind of you know, look at some commentaries and stuff. But I think sometimes maybe you know, one of the things is maybe understanding you know context of culture, context of religious leaders. Um, Pharisees, the disciples of John. So I think there's some back things, but then when you really start to really, you know, I thought, you know, and I could have been wrong, but I, you know, there was a lot there, you know, and you know, I think we unpacked a lot of stuff. It was a little more teaching, I guess, kind of somewhat, but, um, you know, just in reading through it, I'm like, man, there's there's really a lot here to unpack, and there's a lot that can be applied, you know, to us, you know, as a church now, you know. So um, I think that's I always enjoy that when I come to a passage where I'm like. It's going to be really hard, or I don't know, like, I don't even know what this is. Just first reading, like, where we're going with it, but um, those are always kind of fun to kind of dig in and, you know. For sure, man, for sure. Um, Sunday you said uh, this. It said that the goal is not to change people's morals or behavior, but the goal is to introduce them to Jesus. Why is it so important that we see that? Well, I think this is kind of the, you know, the Pharisees and the disciples, like the whole religious system was so focused on just almost improving people's morals, just focus on the morals. But I think like the, uh, I heard uh, somebody on Instagram today, it was, uh, I don't know if you've, you may know, do you know Jackie Hill Perry? Yeah. And it was interesting because she actually said something today when I was, uh, she had this like live video on Instagram. And when I was listening to it, it was like, man, that that's really good. Cause she was saying that when she grew up, 
that a lot of times what people do is they just talk about like why you need to stop doing something, like quit sinning, quit doing this thing, or here's how you need to stop sinning, you need to stop doing this. But she says, you know, one of the the, the difficulties of the church is that they, they always give like, all right, you need to stop doing this, and here's how you need to stop doing this. But the the reality is the power to stop, the power to let go of sin only comes from Jesus, only comes from the gospel and heart change. And so I think that's one of the most important things of like why we can't be just about like, hey, let's just change people's behavior. Like stop doing Like you can't, don't do this, 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 and here's how you don't do this, 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 is that that's not where the power, the, the power is in the Holy Spirit in us, helping us and giving us the ability to overcome, to not be enslaved to sin any longer. And it gives us the ability for our hearts to actually be changed toward that thing. And so I think that was kind of the one of the things that I was walking through that I was thinking of, of like, that's why religion fails. You know, man-made religion, legalistic systems fail is because they can't fix the real problem. They can just, they mask the problem, you know? Like, um, um, I, I was trying to think of an like, example of, like, let's just give an example of, like, let's say, like, and it goes back to the Sermon on the Mount, like, let's say lust. All right, let's use the example of lust. And so somebody's like, all right, well, just don't don't watch pornography, don't do this, don't do that, don't watch that, don't look at that. It's like, okay, that, those are good things. Like, well, yes, don't do those things, but then you're still left with a lustful heart. Yeah. And so, and that's what Jesus attacks it. He's like, just because you haven't done a, an act, it still doesn't mean your heart isn't that way. And so what we can do is just begin to look at symptoms and begin to be legal, like this re- regulating these things and not really get to the heart of, and it's only the gospel that gives us the ability to freedom to not sin and freedom to not behave that you know in a way that doesn't glorify God. Um and so I think that that's a lot of the things like so we need to the goal is to help people be discipled in knowing Jesus, walking with Jesus, knowing the power of the gospel and what you know in understanding that not in just giving people these legalistic requirements. Um because that a, a legalistic requirement doesn't change somebody's heart. Um it's the gospel that does that. And so I think that's important, you know, just as we think through, or even we get frustrated with our own life, you know. Um, there are things, good applications or things that we can do that can help help aid, you know, in, in overcoming sin and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, we need to promote where the power comes from. It yeah. doesn't come from my own strength or your strength. It comes from, you know, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Um, we looked at two examples Sunday. We talked about drinking and dancing and that, as Baptists, that's kind of like the pillars. Um, I remember whenever I was in high school, junior high and high school, my dad always would say, you know, don't smoke, dip or chew, or run run with the girls that do. It was one of his big things, too, that we just don't do that. Um, are there any other examples that you can think of that we may look at and say, like, well, if I don't do this, this, and this, I'm, I'm a good Christian yeah. if I don't do – if I avoid those things? Yeah. So I was thinking of a couple that we might, you know um, – and these are some lists of some things that aren't um, biblical things um, that that you know we could maybe make requirements or make important that really aren't. So one could be like dress. You know, there's the, what was the the saying? You know, we wear our Sunday best. You know, Jesus does. You know, God deserves our best, uh, and so we need to. And and does God deserve our best? Yeah, a- absolutely. But it's very superficial to be like, oh, yeah, when he deserves it. Like, I was thinking about this, like, okay, all right, I dress super nice, but then I don't live for Jesus the rest of the week. Well, he obviously didn't get my best. And so, like, but we had this mentality of, like, oh, if I dress nice, 
if I look nice, if I do this thing on a Sunday, I'm giving God my best. Yeah. Um, and so, is it wrong to, to dress? No. I mean, we, we want to dress nice, but I think it's like it's those kind of things. It's like mm-hmm. it's these superficial things where it's like, oh, I, you know, I want to give my best to God. Well, are you giving it to Him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? And it's not just by the way you dress. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing too that's a danger there is. What if my best and your best are two totally different things? Right. Yeah. You know, so so does does my best not mean as much then? Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. And and it's kind of this whole thing of like, and look, I'm not saying we don't dress whatever. I think it's just more of like that shouldn't matter, you know. But we've sometimes you you make it where you know that that really matters. No, there's like, or I was thinking, and this kind of goes in similar of like, you know, you you take your hat off when you come to church. Well. I understand that you know it's a sign of respect or whatever, but like th- that's not found biblically anywhere that we you can't pray with your hat on or whatever you know. So I mean, if anybody's like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not getting up next Sunday to preach in a hat, but it's just that same thing. Or maybe I will. I don't know. I dare you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's that, it's that same thing. It's like we can begin to have these requirements. So another one would be like a tattoo. So it could be that people think like, oh man, if you get a tattoo, like I mean you. That's bad, you know, and uh, and only sinners do that, you know. And so, but, but thanks. <laughs> but it's but it's that whole thing of like, okay, again, it, it, is that the determine? Like, is that does that have validity and like really re- revealing that someone is a sinner and someone doesn't know Jesus? And it's like, well, no. I mean, it's a very superficial thing. But again, a lot of these are optics. They're judging off of superficial things, right or wrong, you know. I was thinking one we talked about in our home group, which is interesting, is uh, even the way you vote. You know, so we've almost made it a mandate of like if you vote for so and so, you obviously don't know Jesus. Well, again, going back to biblical principles, I mean, is there anywhere in Scripture we know there's principles that we want to stand for, but I don't know. It gets tricky when you start to make it where only Christians can do this when there's no. Of course, I mean, I think there's always a, a in all these things. There's p- ways that people use those scriptures to like justify why why they're demanding these things. But I just think you get in a really really dangerous territory where you start to base people if they're a Christian based on an external act. You know, if you vote if you don't vote this way, you obviously don't know Jesus, or you're deficient in what you believe. Well, I, I can't find that biblically. If you have a tattoo on your skin, then that means that you aren't. You know, or dress a certain whatever and so i think that's the thing that we have to be super careful of and, and it's like the only thing that makes us a follower of Jesus is the gospel it's jesus like that that's what changes us that's what makes us a follower of jesus and i think that's the problem with the pharisees is they made all these external requirements mm-hmm. and by checking boxes people were able to be like oh well that's that's a spiritual follower of god when you can do these external things and still your heart still not be right. You know, it's yeah, Pharisees. Right. I mean, you pray, you fast, you do all these things, you tithe, you do all these things, but yet you don't know God, you don't love people, you don't do the things that I've required you to do. And so it's that, that same thing that I think that we need to, I think that's why we can't, again, going back to, we can't just be about these legalistic standards. God has standards. But we we just need to understand the power to do it comes from the gospel, and we can't we we can't make it about these superficial things. Yeah. I mean, then you're Isaiah twenty nine. It's, it's venturing into that of 
the that what what a terrifying thing to to be labeled as by the Lord that with your with your lips and by all accounts it looks like you were doing great but your hearts were far from me. Um, I think that that's, that's one of the things that behavior modification doesn't equal life change. You know, I've, I've heard that all my life. Yeah. And I think it's very, very important that we have to, to focus in on that for sure. Yeah, and I think that's where we have to constantly guard because I think that, I think that's the danger for us in the church and the warning for us is that we can go through the motions, check boxes, do certain Christian things. Like, like prayer. Prayer is not a bad thing, but we can begin to do it in such a way where we're not even doing it to connect mm. with God anymore. We can do the same thing with service we do the same with tithing we do the same thing with all these things being a member of church and so i think that's where we have to be super careful checking our motives again this building on one i mean remember Star on the mount that's one of the main things he's like over and over again like it's about your heart it's about yeah. your motive it's about it's about something deeper than just your external acts and so i think that that's the difference between the gospel and the difference between man-made religion and legalistic man-made systems is that those are all about external acts, and those external acts make you righteous before God, even though we know that can't. That's why they fail. The only thing that does that is the gospel changing our hearts and our life. That's right. I just hope to one day see you preaching with a sleeve, nice pair of Wranglers, maybe a cowboy hat. I don't know if that's – that can happen, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I won't say like – never say never, I guess, but – but lean towards, probably not. <laughs> but you know, we'll to each his own. I'll just I'll just bring my hat door, uh-huh. uh, man. Uh, now jumping into the last question, and and man, this is not backing up a step. This was um, probably for you. I would say going into it. I, I know for, if it was me doing it, um, this could be a scary passage to walk into because um, these are things that. Again, like we addressed Sunday, that that we hold on to, as as good Baptists, there's certain things that we don't do, and we're proud of this. Um, Amanda walk in and and say like, hey, some of this is stuff that we've done, that we've made, that that has nothing to do with with Scripture. Um, man, I just want to thank you for being faithful to teach that. Um, could be could be a little scary to do, um, but uh, I think I, I speak for all of us saying thanks for being faithful to do that. Now moving to the fun part, um, the last question, the yeah. know your pastor portion. Um, I was going to ask a different question, but we moved to to a, a little more fun question, and I really hope you have a good answer for this. Pastor, what is the funniest thing that's happened to you recently? That I've like witnessed or this happened to me personally? No, to, to, to just maybe something happened in your house. Maybe it was one of the kids. If it was Kirsten, don't worry, we won't tell her. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, funniest thing that's happened. I mean, pro- the funniest thing that I can think about that happened was with Piper. Uh, did you read the story that Kirsten put on Facebook? Yes. Did you read that story? Yes. Tell that story. Tell that so story. That was probably the funniest thing that... So I think Kirsten had picked up Piper. They were riding home from school, or they were... Or no, it was during break, so I guess... They, I don't know what they were doing. But basically, she was just kind of having an attitude with Kirsten, and so Kirsten said, "Hey, look, you know, when we get home, like you're getting a spanking, and and you, you just can't can't have that kind of attitude." So we get home, and then Kirsten, you know, says, well, "You know, this may be a good opportunity to teach her about mercy, you know, and how God shows us mercy." So she says, "Do you know what mercy means?" And so Kirsten kind of explains that and says, "Look, you know, I'm gonna 
Um, I'm going to show you mercy. This is what God has shown us and Jesus. And so anyway, kind of told her that, explained that. So then they went outside and was playing. Well, then she went over to the, uh, uh, it was like the water faucet, started turning it on, and Kirsten was like, Piper, stop. Like, don't turn that on. Well, she turned it on one more time. And she says, Piper, I told you don't turn that on. Well, she goes and turns it on one more time. And she says, that's it. I'm getting spanking spoon. And I think she, like Kirsten said, like literally she just like fell to her knees, screamed at the top of her lungs, was like, I want to see mercy. <laughs> I want to, and said like three times, you know. And uh, it just was like, Kirsten was just like, not this time. Not <laughs> this time. That's... But anyway, but it's funny. Like she remembers stuff so well. And so like, I mean, she's like, ooh, I messed up. So let's do that mercy thing mercy. again. Mercy. I'll call, call for that. <laughs> again. And I think, you know, a good illustration for all of us how, you know, Easily, we can take advantage of mercy and grace, you know, from the Lord for sure. Like, ooh, he'll just give it to me again. It's fine, you know. So, yeah, I just can't wait for ten years and you play this podcast episode back for her, for her. And she's like, "Gosh, Dad, stop." That's funny. Well, man, that's great. I hope that she can find her way into more and more of your sermons. <laughs> I just can't wait to hear stories about chapel. Give Piper a break. Chapel's just so easygoing, man. Just an easygoing guy. He is an easygoing guy. So, and he, 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 like, if you tell him no or just kind of look at him wrong, he'll start crying. So, I mean, he's just, he's very different. <laughs> very different than her, for sure. Not, not the mercy pleader. Mm-hmm. But, well, man, um, thank you for sitting down and, and talking through this passage and telling us a fun story. Um, and thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take.